It's happy hour again from Uptown New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy hour is part of the family of shows. On the podcast network, it's neworleans.com. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and you pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limousine or just got out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you. Because <laughs> that's New Orleans and this is Happy Hour, a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common. <laughs> and it's never a true word has been spoken. Wait till you hear what's going on here today. Other than we're all New Orleanians in a bar today, we're at the Fabulous Wayfair on Ferret Street, where they have a three-hour happy hour here every day from three to six, including half-price bar food and an awesome brunch on the weekends. I want to say a couple of things before we start. Thank you to our Patreon supporters. If you're a Patreon supporter, thank you very much. If you'd like to be a part of our happy hour family for as little as a dollar a week, or is it a dollar a month? I think it's a dollar a month, actually. It's 12 bucks a year. You can be part of our Patreon, It's New Orleans Family. Just go to patreon.com and look for It's New Orleans Happy Hour. And uh, there's all kinds of special things that come your way as a result of that single dollar per month. And also, just to let you know that Andrew Duhon is uh, around the country somewhere. If you're looking for him, take a look at andrewduhon.com. He might be in a town near you. His new album, False River, is out and getting all kinds of commercial and critical acclaim. I don't know if it's getting commercial acclaim. I made that up, actually. I think people are just stealing it left and right like they normally do off the internet. But it's getting a lot of uh, critical acclaim, that's for sure. It's a really awesome album. It's called False River, and it's Andrew Duhon's new record. He'll be back here next week. In the meantime, we have the most unbelievable collection of guests here today. Perhaps in the history of Happy Hour, and we've been doing the show now for about 150 years. <laughs> I t I'm telling you, it's hard to know where to start with this, but let me just say this. First of all, Adrian Justanis is here from a band called The New Thousand. New Thousand. New Thousand. Is that what I said? You just put the... The. Oh, it's not The <laughs> New Thousand. There's a lot of misconceptions of oh, what our name is, so okay. I just try to, try to okay, stamp so that out Okay, so it's quick. not The New Thousand like The Beatles or The no, Rolling Stones. That's right. It's New Thousand. It's like some kind of entity or something. Okay. So New Thousand is a band that we've seen here in New Orleans for a few years playing on the street, mostly. That's right. Down on Frenchman Street. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, there's just you, uh, the three of you, mm -hmm. here today, and we're going to take a listen to some stuff. You have a new record as well, I see. We're currently working on a new one. Um, we've, uh, we've recently sort of done a, a sort of switch of every member but me. So it's been a three-piece the whole time. Uh, the previous percussion and synth player recently left the band, got two new ones recently, so we're working on a new album to kind of represent all of that. So you're the only person left out of... That's right. Out of a three-piece. <laughs> what happened to the other two guys? Did you have to fire them? Like one it was time, time to go. It was, it was, it was just... It, it was kind of clear that, you know, the visions weren't corresponding. The, you know, the... Yeah, that was it. It was just the vision and kind of... Right. Uh, both professionally and musically just was, was deviating. And I had my thing that I wanted to do. So and you're in charge of the whole thing and fuck them, basically. Well, I wouldn't say fuck them. They're my two oldest friends. Well, that's what I was... <laughs> So how did you quietly get rid of them? They just... They, oh, man, they trying, wanted to move on. Blast. I don't know how many people are listening. Nobody. Do they just want to move just on to do nobody. something else? It was, it was a series of hard conversations that were mutual decisions. I'll just leave it at that. That's pretty yeah. tough, though, isn't it? Because you start a band with your two best friends. That's right. I mean, well, then what you happened? You go down to New Orleans, you, you become yeah. very successful street musicians. And, and you came here from later, Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio, right. right. So, yeah, we all know each other from Columbus. And what's the definition of successful? I mean, it was just like in terms of in terms of street performance, it was uh, I'd say just done at a high level. We were on Frenchman Street every night that we play. We'd have you know between 100 and 150 people watching us on the street corner, and everyone would be so into it, and we would do it all the time, and we were making our living doing it. And so, I mean, and in terms of being a street performer, that's about as good as it gets. That's cool. That's and really what cool. was so bad that these guys couldn't hack it? 
it was just, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to do certain things. They did it. Um, like what, for example, musically? You mean? Yeah, you know, we just kind of had different ideas. You know, I wanted it to be more dancey, and, you know, certain members didn't. Or, you know, I wanted to, you know, push in a more professionalized direction, and some, you know, some members didn't. Um, and so, some, so how come you're the last one standing? I mean, you know, it was my idea to begin with, and so like so it's you your know, band. Yeah, it's my band. So you okay. know, they're they're doing their own things musically still, but uh, you so know, and and, and I, I love them very much. All the best to them. Adrian, let me introduce you to the other two people at the table here. That was Paige, the voice of Paige Miller. We just heard. All right. And Paige is uh, there's not much very interesting about Paige other than she doesn't she doesn't have a band or anything. <laughs> no, nope, but don't. she's the president of a company. Wait till you hear this. Paige is the president of a company called Oleander Medical Technologies. And you might want to think, well, what do they do, wash test tubes or something like that, a technology company? You know what Paige has done? She's, Paige has actually discovered what is possibly a cure for cancer. I, I can't take that credit. Tell you, well, you, it's your company. It you personally have not discovered the cure for cancer, but this That's company, Oleander Medical Technologies, has possibly cured cancer. Is that correct? We've it's a yes or no question. <laughs> Oh, I'm a lawyer. I can't do that. <laughs> That's the truth. That is the truth, though, right? Carefully, very carefully. We, we've discovered something that at least in tissue culture and in mice destroys advanced cancer and doesn't damage normal tissue. And that's wow. a big deal. Wow. So if you have advanced cancer, if this technology works, you can get, you'll be cured. You'll be made better without having to go through chemotherapy. If it works the way we think it will, right. yes, you would not need chemo, you would not need radiation, you would not lose your hair or be nauseous. It would be kind of like having a mild flu for a couple of days. A couple of days? Wow. And how long does the treatment take? It's like 15 minutes or something? Well, it's probably 15 to 30 minutes, and it's probably three times, but we don't know that for sure. We're still pretty early in this. How early? Um, we've done it with mice. You've cured cancer in mice. We've gotten the tumors to stop growing. That's pretty good. Wow. Um, Why aren't you allowed to say the word cure? This is not a court of law, by the way, nor is it even anything except the podcast. Well, so there's not even the FCC involved here. You want, you want to know why I can't? Yeah. Because someday we have to go to the Food and Drug Administration, the yeah. FDA, right. and... If we've gone around telling people that it's a cure when what we know is it's a treatment, we'll get treated differently. So, If you go on some sort of dopey podcast at the Wayfair on Ferret Street and you tell <laughs> some loser guy like me that you've cured cancer, that's enough to get the FDA, the Federal Drug Administration, uh, uh, right, to tell you and, and we're, that's impossible And we're raising money and we've got to deal with the SEC and we might be making claims that we can't back up, so we don't do it. Is this somebody... Isn't it good enough to be saying we're going to treat advanced cancer and it looks really good? It's a very exciting development. <laughs> I just wondered what the legal requirements, why you'd be so scared to say the word cure to me. Just careful. Is it possible, uh, are you scared that when you go to get the FDA approval that there are people who are going to be against you, like fighting you? So they'll pull up this interview and say, look. Um, somebody sent me a message yesterday. They think in the next five years, the public will be spending something like $50 billion on cancer treatment. And most of that goes to the big drug companies. Right. 
do I really want to punch him in the nose? No. Not before I have to. But assumedly someone will pay you $50 billion on their own to buy this off you, won't they? We don't particularly want to sell it to them you and have it go on a shelf. We want to help people. No, but why would anyone put it on a shelf if you can cure cancer? Right. Why? No, they wouldn't be paying that much. But it's they, not like someone invented the, get the car engine that runs on water. That's urban myth that someone in the oil company bought the patent. and then. What is really interesting about this is it's an old drug combined with the energies that's used in an MRI machine. And so... Aha, uh -huh. you had the same idea, didn't you, Adrian? I did, yeah. <laughs> so, Me and my friends were talking about this last week. Yeah, that's why they had to leave the band, those two, because they didn't believe you. And so yeah. it's not going to take the billions that it takes to bring right. a, a new drug to market, to bring this to market. Well, let's talk about the whole technology of it and how it works in a minute. But first, I want to introduce you to Cole Riley as well, because as impressive as you are in your way, Nicole is equally impressive in her field. Nicole, I'm just going to read what it says about sure. you here in front of me. It says, Nicole is an evidential psychic medium Correct. and intuitive transformational coach. Yes. So, assumedly, if I have cancer and I get this treatment and it doesn't work, I can end up communicating with you from the other side. Absolutely, and I'd be happy to do that for you. Okay. So, you talk to dead people. I do. Yeah, I do. That's my job. Yep. How about that for the best two guests of all time? Adrian, what do you think? I know. I was. Can you believe it? Can you believe you're sitting in our like presence right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know why I was introduced first. Yeah. <laughs> so, Nicole, this is what you do for a living. It People is. come to you. Yes. And, and I've read all sorts of stuff about you online. I got all the stuff off your website. Okay. And it seems that, well, this is what I read that I found interesting to start with, and we can go down all kinds of roads after this, but it says sometimes we don't even know the stories that we hold on to that keep us small. All we know is a deep feeling of heaviness and struggle. Yes. Which brings us back to the story through connection with spirit, which uh -huh. is meaning people who are dead. Correct. I allow myself to be the conduit with those who have passed, to heal old wounds and see where you hold your energy, to help you let go of the struggle and conflict so you can be guided by a path forward and achieve things you never thought possible. Correct. So why, I thought I'd start by asking you this question. What is the connection between people who have died and the dreams that I have for my life? So that's a really, that's a great question. Okay, so um, what I believe when I connect in with spirit is that um, spirit has the ability, which spirit is what I call people who've passed. Um, there's a lot of different definitions for spirit, but that's what we're referring to right now. Um, spirit has the capability of knowing what we're doing now in our life. So when I have connections with spirit, and the reason why I call myself evidential is because when I have a connection with someone, when I have a sitter that's sitting across from me, I give them evidence of who I'm speaking with prior to giving them any, you know, um, information or, or um, emotional information or anything like that. So there has to be a validity in what I do. So you can prove to me that you're talking to my dead mother, Correct. grandmother. So or... when I connect, I'm giving you evidence. It could be like how they pass. It could be something, um, you know... I can tell you so many stories, but it could just be the smallest thing or it could be the biggest thing. Um, but it has to be evidential. Okay. Um, maybe their name, um, a specific date, 
um, how they passed, um, what was their the, the number on the back of their basketball jersey, you know, specific details okay. I can give you when you when you connect with when I connect with uh, those that have passed. And okay. so, after we establish that connection, um, then I'm able to delve in further about you know what is it that they want to say because when spirit connects in with us, you know, there's um, uh, you know so many things that they can talk about. But what I find is the majority of the time they want to discuss what's going on in your life right now to try to help you to move forward with. Um, with any type of situation that you're having. It could be grief. It could be, you know, trying to make a decision in your life. Um, but they're always here to help us. And, and that's my philosophy. That's what I believe. And, and that's what I base a lot of my work why, on. Why weren't they more helpful when they were alive? Well, I believe that. <laughs> why that, do they have to wait till they're dead to give us all this great advice? Isn't that true, though, right? I don't know. No, it's true. But I feel as though what happens when we transition, as when we pass, is that um, there's a sense of... You know, you may have heard of like life review where someone transitions, they go through a life review, they see all the things that they could have, should have, would have done, um, see all the greatness that they've done. But also when we transition into another plane, I believe that it's a world similar to the world that we live in. So oh, I don't no. believe. Are you serious? <laughs> it's just like this. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, well, that's sad. I, it's not like I don't believe that it's rainbows and fairies and you know all this. Um, well, but what? I do believe that it's a spiritual place. So it, it would almost be like walking into like a, a Buddhist temple or walking into a synagogue or, or, or a church where you just kind of feel that that feeling, you know. And so um, that is the sense of, of where I believe that um, those of us who have passed transition When you say believe, to. though, uh -huh. you're talking about evidential. Right. So it's not really a belief, it's a fact. It's a fact when I give you, yes, it's a fact when I give you evidence of, it, of who I am that I'm communicating to. So but, you're seeing this other world. Mm -hmm. So I see things, I hear things, I feel things, sometimes I smell things, um, you know, um, yeah, I pretty much, when, when spirit connects in with me, I allow them to take over. So when they connect in with me, they become part of who I am, and I can sense all of their senses. Hey, you got a question about This is not something I've experienced, <laughs> so I just I listen. <laughs> me neither. I got a question. Yes. What, like, how old were you? Did this just start happening to you? So what happened to me was when I was very young, I can remember having experiences. Um, I was born and raised here in New Orleans, okay. um, very Catholic um, upbringing, which I still love my Catholicism. Um, I'm very much into saints and mystics um, in the Catholic Church. Um, I don't, of course, believe in everything that the Catholic Church is preaching at the moment, but I do believe um, that that was a beautiful foundation for me. So um, in that sense, I delved a lot into spirituality when I was very young. I, very, I had a really, really strong sense of my own spirituality. Um, I felt like my purpose, I needed to find my purpose in my life was really a big thing for me. Um, so I, um, it wasn't until the birth of my third child, I have three daughters and they're three different generations, 27, seven, uh, 19, and uh, 10. So when I had my 10 year old, who was a complete surprise, um, I was at a place in my life where I just finished being a registered nurse. Um, I happened to be a wound nurse um, that healed wounds, literally. And, um, and so I was in a transition phase of trying to figure out, you know, what's next for me because I knew that I had a calling, but I wasn't living it. And so um, the doors just kind of opened up for me from there. And I started to do some readings for friends and just, it just, it, it's almost like a light switch turned on. Wow. Yeah. Were you seeing 
people at this point? No, not people? really. And, and when I say that I see people, it's more a sense of when I'm connecting with someone, I can begin to describe what it is that they look like. Um, so ha I have actually seen a few times people cross my vision, um, whom I thought was real people, what they weren't. Um, but I can't say that that's a normal phenomenon that I see on a daily basis. So how do you induce this? So I come to you, because you do people, you do readings by the hour? I do readings by the hour. So I walk I have, into your office? Yeah. You have an office somewhere? I do have an office in Covington. Okay, so I walk in uh -huh. there at the appointed time. Yes. And I sit down. Yep. And you just turn it on? Yeah, so you have to learn to turn it on and turn it off. Can't leave it on all the time, because of course, that makes you feel like you're crazy. So, because you can read anyone. So you just turn it on and turn it off. Yeah. Okay. So can you turn it on, turn it off right now? I can. Okay. So you could look at Paige and can you tell, can you see the future as well as the past? So what they say about psychics, you know, just like Paige doesn't want to predict that she can cure cancer. <laughs> I don't want well, to say that. Well, that was my next question. I can can see she? the future. <laughs> Can you? So, but I can have a sense of what is going to happen in okay. the future with well, someone, yes. Is Paige's cancer I cure like, going to work? <laughs> I feel like Paige, and I'm sure she's aware of this as well, has an uphill battle ahead of her, of course. Um, but I do feel as though um, it's going to take a lot, of, um, a lot of effort for Paige to push this through. But I do believe that there is um, a, a huge, um, there is someone that is really interested in this. Someone that's really important, Paige, um, that's going to really make a difference um, with your business and with this. And, and I, I have a sense of who it is, but I'll tell you later. But I really feel like later. this person. How much later? <laughs> that this person Do you know um, their name? or someone mean? like this is going to be interested. I'm not sure of their name, but I'm going to try really hard to get that for her. Because, Would um, it be someone like Bill Gates? Or? I, I think that it's someone opposite of Bill Gates. Opposite. But, I actually took this to Bill Gates' dad when yeah. it was first discovered. Yeah. His he, dad? Yeah, his, his dad is a big deal in Seattle. Mm -hmm. And um, okay. headed the Gates Foundation and mm. used to carry my bag for me. Bill Gates' <laughs> dad used to carry my bag for me. What do you mean by that? I mean, like that... when we went on a trip and I had a heavy bag, he carried it for me when we... What's Bill Gates' dad's first name? He's Bill. He's Bill, <laughs> Bill Senior. Uh, just to make this really confusing. Yeah. So, so the from... father is actually Bill Gates Jr. And, and the guy okay. who founded Microsoft is Bill Gates III or Trey. Huh. But now they've moved it up a generation. So the dad is Bill Gates Sr. And... And the guy who founded Microsoft is Bill Gates Jr. Yep. Got okay, that? but he's still the third, actually. He's, uh, his nickname is Trey, Trey, if you really Trey want to be Gates. cool. I didn't know that you knew oh, this. Okay, so you're from page. Seattle, so you know all this. Yeah, you know, I was... So you know all these folks. I was a, a minor dignitary in Seattle. You were the oh. president of the... Port Authority or something? Like yeah, I was. What was it called there? That's fascinating. The, the you know how I know that? Uh -huh. Nicole, because I'm psychic. I, I have no okay. doubt. Mm -hmm. No, don't let him do that. have it written down here. Yes, so... What was your official title? I was Commissioner for the Port of Seattle. Commissioner for the Port of Seattle. That's an elected Paige, position. you've yes. had a fascinating life. Oh, yes. I have a very checkered past. You do. <laughs> so you I've were elected treat. to the Commissioner of the Port of Seattle. For four, four times. Wow. It's a countywide office. What the heck made you want to do that? Um, John Kennedy. I mean, I really was... Which one? The, the one from my era. <laughs> President Kennedy. Not yes. Senator? 
Yes, President. You were inspired by President John F. Kennedy to I, run for office. I, when I was in sixth grade was when he ran for president, and I had a teacher who made us cut out of the New York Times. I grew up on Long Island. Every day an article about the campaign and another article. Um, and so I really paid attention to politics starting very young, and I was very much inspired by his call to service. Uh, it's why I studied government in college and why I went to Yale Law School, which is a great place to train people who want to be in public service. So President it, Bush, I think, went to Yale Law School. Did he go to law school? Did he Yale did not. something else? It was the other folks. Bill and Hillary went to Yale Law they School. They went to Yale Law School. <laughs> I thought. Uh, uh, and so Bush. did and so did Jerry Ford. Bush went undergraduate. Oh right. Oh okay. He was a true Yaley. Okay, he didn't get to. So the the Clintons went to Yale Law, and you went to Yale Law. Correct. Okay, and then you found yourself in Seattle somehow or other. Um, well, like Hillary, I met this guy at Yale Law School, uh -huh. and he went to Seattle, and I tried practicing law in Philly for a year, and 3,000 miles apart's not great, so I went to Seattle and married him and tried practicing law until they kicked me out and had three kicked kids. Kicked you out? Why'd they kick you out for that? Fraud? Uh, wanting children. Ah, oh, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> They kicked you out of the law firm, you mean, not out of the legal profession. No, I'm st I still have my ticket, as right. they say. You still have... So you ran for office, then? Um, I raised... First, I had kids, and I worked for the city council, and I was a community activist, and then I ran for office. Wow. Yeah. So you have had a pretty interesting... There, oh, I've run a dance company. I've, what? I've, I've <laughs> run a foundation for a public park. Uh, you name it. I've probably... What was the, what was the dance company? Uh, it was Bill Evans' dance company. It was Bill a modern... Evans. Not Bill Evans, the piano player. No, but he did a great concert. Bill Evans, the dancer, did a concert with Bill Evans, the jazz they man, together, and I saw it. It was really cool. <laughs> to two Bill Evans. <laughs> yes, it was. Bill on Bill. Bill and Bill. Bill Evans times two. Wow, we've really got a lot going on with the Bill Gates and, and, Bill Bill, and the two Bill Evans. There's the two Bill yeah. Gates and the two yeah. Bill Evans. Yeah, and during WTO, I wrote a piece about my three-bill night because it was Bill Clinton, Bill Gates, and Bill Newcomb, who was the lawyer for Microsoft defending them in the antitrust case. And they were all in the same room with me. You were in the same room with Bill Clinton, Bill Gates, and, and Bill, Bill Newcomb. Newcomb. Bill Newcomb sat across from me. Are they still sitting around talking about you like this? They will be. Not like After that. After they hear this, they <laughs> will Once they right. find out that you've cured cancer. Well, we've got to get that straight. My husband okay, and, let's and get that his straight. research partner, who are both on faculty at LSU Medical right. Center, together were studying pain. Why is it that in certain chronic pain situations, nerve cells die? And when they figured that out, that the nerve cells were overexpressing sodium channels, but without sufficient insulin, say in diabetes, they were taking in way too much sodium and not being able to pump it out properly, and the cells were actually exploding. One of them went, I wonder if this process would happen in cancer. And they found out that advanced cancers also overexpress sodium channels compared to normal cells. And so if you block the pumps that keep the sodium from being pumped out, 
and cause sodium to be flooded into the cells, you can literally cause cancer cells to take in too much sodium, bring water in, and swell like a balloon until they burst. Just the cancer cells. Well, that's because, say, a normal cell has three of these channels and pumps, and a cancer cell has 50 or 100 channels and pumps. So in the same period of time that you drive a little sodium into a normal cell, you're going to drive 50 times as much into the cancer cell. And so it's going to swell quickly, and it's going to burst. And sodium is a basic, is an, is an element, is it? Or it's a, isn't uh, it part of the elementary yes. table? Yes. So these are sodium, sodium ions. Sodium ions. It's part of, so it's salt. So right? yeah, it's salt, okay. Well, salt, sodium chloride, actually, isn't right. it? Right. So, so this is just sodium. So wh- are they the first people to figure this out? Or does that everybody know that about cancer? People knew that cancer overexpressed sodium channels and pumps. They didn't think about the fact that oh, we can use this difference between normal cells and cancer cells to cause the cancer cells to die. I use the analogy that one of them does of of judo versus karate. So the usual way that people go about killing cancer is to smash it, either with chemotherapy or radiation therapy. And so people tried to figure out how to smash those extra sodium channels to kill a cancer. Karate. This is judo. Okay. They've got all those extra sodium channels and pumps. Let's use that property against them. I see. So it's using, it's like using the power of the cancer cell against itself. Exactly, Graham. Wow. And okay. no, nobody thought about that before. Wow. So yes. So, how the, so this is your husband, right? And and his research partner. partner. And these guys are at LSU. They are on faculty at LSU, and LSU owns the patent because that's the oh, way it works. No. Oh, well, it's okay. <laughs> that's what a why. letdown! I was imagining the Leah Jets and. The... Wait a second. That's why there's a lawyer here. Okay. Okay. So they're working for LSU when they come up with this. So that means... Therefore, LSU owns it. LSU owns the patent, but then you need to license that patent. So four of us formed a company, my husband and his research partner, and a Cajun and I. Gotta have a local boy. Who's the Cajun guy? (laughs) His name is Hank Mills. And um, he's done several companies before. What's his role? So he's a business development officer. He's a business development guy. You're the organization. Are you just like somebody's wife? Or are you actually... Oh, yeah. Don't I sound like... Yeah. (laughs) I mean, what? You have no idea what's going on right now. But you have no medical background at all. No. But you have a background. So what's your... So my background is I am this... pushy New Yorker who makes stuff happen. Okay. Okay. So you're the boss. You're driving this whole thing. I am a driver. Okay. And I have started uh, entities before. I have done the strategic planning for them before. I've run them before, little ones and bigger ones. So my job is partly to be a lawyer. Okay. We need to make sure this gets patented. So LSU did that, but we helped them. 
and we need to make sure they license it exclusively to our company, which they've done at a very good rate. So now we control the commercialization of this good technology. Yes. Good job. Good Is that okay? Yeah, that's an yes. excellent. Wouldn't you say, Adrian? You approve of that? I love it. Oh, definitely. You're the guy who's running a the band. After. <laughs> Well, you know, it's a slightly smaller operation. <laughs> it's the same but principle, though. It's all, it's all managing people. Yeah. You're not much smaller than we are now. But I, I, have same, I, I hope it doesn't stay team. that way. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, I have, I have a question. So, like, are you... Uh, she, was talking about the, she was talking about the uphill battle that you're going to face. I mean, like, this would be so disruptive to, like, the cancer treatment industry. Yes. Like, what, what do you... What kind of backlash do you... Do you anticipate backlash? So... This is what I think will happen. Well, we can find out for sure if it's yeah. going to happen. Tell, Let's me, the, tell me what you think. The big companies don't have a way to treat advanced cancer. They treat cancer that is discovered early stage. Gotcha. Okay. okay? So all of that chemo, radiation works if you discover it early. And is that Only, better than doing the treatment that you do? Let, let them go right ahead and do that. Okay. Half of cancer now, 50%, is discovered late. Too late for the current treatments to be effective. Mm. So we're not cutting in on the market of treating cancer early. We're in the market of treating cancer that nobody else can treat right now. So if you find cancer after a certain stage, which is 50% of the diagnoses in America, you're just finished at this point. There are, no there are a few that manage to be treated um, and put in remission. Basically, but, you're but, screwed. But statistically, so you own, you're in you trouble. So you would own this whole market. Potentially. 50% of people who have cancer in America would be cured by your technique. And how many people is Carcinomas. That? So let's, you know, there are some things that are not carcinomas. Um, some bone cancers, some blood cancers. Okay. Carcinomas are ones that have tumors generally. So, so we're talking about lung cancer, so let's breast talk cancer. The big ones, uh, the biggest killers are lung and breast, uh, colon, okay. prostate. We've tried it on all of them, and it works. Wow. And we've okay. tried it on mesothelioma, which, you know, is a big problem big here yeah, right. in That's Louisiana. Right. Right. And there is mesothelioma is what comes from asbestos. Oh, okay. So if you've worked in a shipyard um, or some other place where you ingest asbestos fibers, uh, it gets into your lungs. And there is currently no treatment for mesothelioma. You can just get a lawyer. You can get a lot of uh, you money. Just you just go get look on TV and... Right. and, and uh, it was a lot of money for that. Uh, she said President Trump just signed the right to try bill. Yes. Will this affect the release of this technology? Um, the right to try bill, I believe, will help us. And that's because our treatment is for people who have late stage or end stage disease. And the right to try bill gives people the opportunity, if their doctors say so, that they could try our treatment once they're at that point. So it will make it easier for us. Okay, we're going to do two things. We're going to take a listen to some music. Okay. I'm going to have to read a couple of commercial messages, and then we're coming back to talk about dead people. You want music first or you want your messages first? Um, you can do it at the same time. 
We'll do it at the same time. Let's take a listen to some music. First of all, what's the name of this record that's out there that we can steal? So, uh, so my band, once again, is called New Thousand, and this is the name of our first album that we released two years ago called Sound Mind, and this is the first track, which is uh, seemingly the most popular one called Ghost. It's called Ghost because it features a prominent sample from the movie Ghost in the Shell, um, and uh, also, you know, very appropriate given the, very. Given the current... Uh, <laughs> So singing part is from that movie. Did you license this or did you just steal it? We just stole it. Good job. <laughs> we just sell it on the street. We don't do it in any kind of you know official capacity other than Can that. I, can you buy this though? Yeah, you can buy it on Bandcamp. Sort of an Arabian Nights kind of a vibe. And is it is it better if you're really high? Listen to this. Is it better if you're really high? Yeah. And you're Isn't experienced. all music? Yeah, most things. <laughs> I would. I can't. I can't possibly say. <laughs> you would have no idea. I have no you? idea. Is it designed to be listened to by drug-taking people or by average? I like it. It's a. Uh, are you a drug? I'm not. not a drug. <laughs> I'm digging it. <laughs> it's not designed for that, but I mean, you know, it's certainly, you know. It could be. It used could be. For that, yeah, as sure, a background. You know. Yeah, sure. So you wrote this, or did these other two losers have, have a part of it? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Who owns the music? Oh. I'm only asking because. Yeah, you know, no, we all we co wrote it. We co wrote it. I wrote the violin parts, and, you know, they wrote. Uh, the one guy wrote the piano parts, the other guy did the, the, the kind of the production stuff, the, uh, the drums, and, and all that. So you're a violin player, principally, mm-hmm. that's your instrument. Mm hmm. Yeah. You play the electric violin with going I, through all these. Yeah, I play I play an acoustic violin, yeah. but it is uh, I'm one of not very many violinists in the world do this. So guitar players will oftentimes have like a pedal board that uh, will give them various effects, and so a lot of people say that I kind of sound like Jimi Hendrix, but on violin. And uh, you're the Jimi Hendrix of violin. I, that's said often about me. Um, <laughs> wow. And, uh, I write that down. I actually I actually play the violin with my teeth. <laughs> I got to see really? Jimi yeah. Hendrix. Yeah. You, you did? You met Jimi Hendrix oh, as well? I saw Jimi Hendrix. She's a one-upper. <laughs> you didn't meet Jimi Hendrix. I know him. Jimi Hendrix. Oh, yeah. Well, you know. No, yeah, you just hang it. She hangs out with Jimi Hendrix, right? <laughs> I saw him when I was a student. Okay. But you didn't get to meet him along with Trey Gates and No, no, no. But Bill he was, the, but he was about, he was maybe 25 feet away. I mean, it was not That's in a big venue. That's pretty cool. Pretty close. Yes. Wow. Where was that? It was at Brown University. Wow. But he How grew nice. up, Hendrix grew up in Seattle. Not everything is Seattle, but Hendrix is. He's from Seattle. Yeah. And so is, uh, well, there's the Experience Music Museum is in Seattle, too, which has got a giant Hendrix it, connection. It, that's um, Bill Gates' partner, Paul, Paul Allen, Allen. built that. Built right. that. Right. Hey, listen, Happy Hour is brought to us today by Basic Swim and Gym, where you can get a full range of fashion swimsuits, workout, and yoga clothes with style. You can get a bikini, a one-piece, a cover-up. 
In fact, everything you need for the beach or pool is at Basic Swimming Gym. It's right next to the lingerie store, Basics underneath on Magazine Street near Jefferson Avenue. And Hangover Destroyer is also a contributing part of the show. Hangover Destroyer is the only all-natural product medically proven to prevent a hangover. If you go to the Hangover Destroyer, this is a medically proven page. I'm not even kidding I'm around. I'm they have, he I'm looked sure. right at me when you started <laughs> talking about this. I don't know why. I have no idea why. I, I, I don't think they tried this on mice. I think they just went straight to humans on this. You can go to the Hangover Destroyer website. It's hdestroyer.com. And you write happy hour in the coupon code and get 30% off of Hangover Destroyer. So you too can seize the dawn. And thanks also to Louisiana Legs, who make workout and yoga clothes with designs that incorporate photographic art like Mardi Gras beads and boiled crawfish and wrought iron in France and caves in China. You can find Louisiana Legs on Facebook and Instagram, and you can buy it on Etsy. And thanks, of course, again to our Patreon subscribers who are helping make this possible as well. If you'd like to be a part of the uh, Happy Hour family, go to patreon.com and look for It's New Orleans Happy Hour. You can, for as little as a dollar a month, be a part of the whole deal here and get all sorts of stuff. You get to be on the show as well. So, Nicole. Yes. What? would someone look like who is dead compared to what they look like when they were alive? I love these questions. They look the same. Exactly the same. Pretty much. But I'll, I have so, to say that most people like to revert back to an age in which they actually were attractive. So I would love that. How, yeah, wouldn't what, you? What would that even, the I know, right? even the dead are vain. <laughs> Even the dead are vain. Even the dead are vain. That's yeah. a good point, Adrian. Yeah. Why is I might that? have to write a blog post I know, about right? that. I'm like, yeah. Even I'm the dead are vain. What? Yep. Adrian's had a good point, though. Why is that? Why do they know. care about I their appearance? I think that it's a time when they, um, I, I really believe it's more of a time when they, like, enjoyed life. Mm. You know, a time when they want to revert back to um, You're gonna be dead when they forever? enjoyed life. That's a whole nother topic. Well, we have time. Okay, sure good, if we have time. Are we um, going to be dead forever, or do we come back? No, I, be- I, I do believe that we come back. Really? So how long I are we do. dead for? Well, I believe that the soul has different parts to it. So I believe that there is a part of our soul that would stay in the other dimension, but that we do have a a part of us that if we choose to reincarnate, that we can. So we can choose to come back. Mm -hmm. Who in their right mind would want to do that? I don't know. I think it might be Would you want to come back, Paige? You bet. You would? Sure. As what? An older, a, a wiser me. A wiser version of yourself, so you wouldn't make the same stupid mistakes. Wouldn't that be nice? Is that possible? I don't know, Paige. You've had a pretty, pretty exciting <laughs> life so far, so I wouldn't take can, that away from you, you. Can you come back as yourself and do it again better? I don't. I, that's a good question. I don't know. You don't know the answer to that. No, I don't. I'm going to have to say no. But okay. What happens? Can I ask a yeah. question? Yeah. What happens when the Earth is swallowed up by the sun? I can't answer that question. Is that going to happen? Yeah. Do you believe that that's going to happen? Yeah. I mean, you know, the earth, the, the, the sun is going to collapse. The sun is going to collapse uh-huh. and become like a black hole, and then it's going to suck the oh. earth. Oh. See, that's why he is does that, music and drugs because that's yeah. not something I that I would ever, I would that's ever not, think about. That's no. not even necessarily I'm not comfortable the way I'm being portrayed. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not necessarily true, Nicole, as far as the future is concerned. No, it's not. He has a very bright future ahead of him. I do believe. Oh, really? What I are do. we? What's in store? I just feel as though this was a really good thing for him because I not coming only on the feel show or a coming on the show was definitely oh, yeah, gonna 
gonna Meet boost you people. up there, yeah. But um, mm. I also feel like, I have to say to you, that I feel like there's something on the horizon for you that's coming more like in a, um, I don't think street performing is something that you're gonna do forever, for sure. Um, I know that's something that you like to do right now. For sure. um, but there's something different coming to you, and I feel like it actually has to do with like film work or something like this, so just keep your eyes open okay. for being Warner. able to do um, to kind of take this into a different direction as well. Like, don't put all your eggs on, you know, in the basket of street street performing. Like, take your, take it someplace else as well. Because I think that you have a really good thing going on right Thank now. You. I do. I feel it just it's just an energetic thing that I feel about him. That I feel like he um, he's been down a road of um, where he's had. To, this is not his first struggle with his friends. I feel like that there's there's been other struggles that he's had, but he's persevered. And I just feel like even with the friends. I feel like the, your friends are going to go their own way and, and really do well themselves, you know, on their own. Um, I think it's a good thing that you guys kind of split up and, and are able to do your own things now because I think that, but I think that you have a bigger, a really big picture in your mind of what you want to do. I and don't, do. I just want to say to you, if I could give you advice, sure. I would say like, don't diminish that. Like keep 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 that big picture alive um, because I think I really believe that you can get there. Thank you. I have to say yeah. also one more thing. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> that I also feel as though there's going to get there's going to become an opportunity for you to leave New Orleans and and try something um, just different for you. And I, I would like for you to consider that. That's when, actually when it, it's crazy that you say that because like the one time I've had like a dead person come to me, mm -hmm. they were telling me to leave New Orleans. Really yeah. interesting. It was. Uh, <laughs> Who was yeah. it? Um, it was a, uh, it was like a, a friend of mine who died last year in a freak mm -hmm. accident, and uh, three days after his death, I, I would never have said previously that I believe in spirits, mm -hmm. but I had this like very vivid dream where he like came to me and he was like, you know, you have to move out of New Orleans, you know, you have to, you know, go to the West Coast, um, and you know, he was he was someone that I, you know, we were kind of peers performance-wise, we were both like very good at what he was a rapper. Um, and uh, I was just devastated uh, when he died and then he like came to me in this dream and I woke up and I couldn't go back to bed for like two hours. I was like sweating and, um, and I'd was, never had such an experience. This was three I, years ago. No, no, no. This was, was just recently. this past summer. Yeah, oh. this was past summer. Um, I find it fascinating too, like when you take things that happen like that in your life, and, and you didn't get up and move, but you actually contemplate, like you thought about it, and you, and you think about what is the meaning behind this, and it's, it's really, and I feel like that is what spirit people have the ability to help us with. It's not, you know, not just to pop in and like scare the heck out of you and, and force you into anything, but just to even let you know that that they're there for you and um, and just trying to help to guide you in in, in your life now, and I, I think that. That's a beautiful experience that you had. And, yeah. and if it opened your eyes to other things, um, that in itself is beautiful. It certainly did. Know? I mean, you know, I'm not ready to leave New Orleans yet, but mm -hmm. I mean, it's certain that, that moment has, you know, stayed in my head and will, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm probably going to move to LA at some point. Right. And, you know, that's a. Well, Nicole, my what is the difference between free will and the things that are. <laughs> Predetermined. Well, I believe that when we all have free will. So, so even when you when, see the future, yeah. Though, so even when I talk to um, to Adrian about the future, it's it's like I mean, Adrian has it's his choice. He has free will to, to choose whichever way he he decides to go. Yeah, but, but I want to come to you because I want to know what's going to happen. I don't want you to tell me I've got. Right. I want you and to so, tell me like I'm and, going to and, cure cancer or that is, I need to talk to somebody. And and that is where I'm going to sit with Paige and say that there's no. I'm not going to say cure, but I am going to say no that there is a potential. Say. 
Um, so what I feel is what I feel energetically um, when I'm doing like psychic readings, for example, it's it's it, it's things that come to me energetically that's um, pushing me to just say my words. So even if it's like just now talking um, with Paige about like having someone big that's coming to her and saying that, you know, I think it's like the opposite of Bill Gates. And what I meant by that was I feel like it's someone that's big like, Gil, like Bill Gates that's going to be looking at her work. But at the same time, I think that I felt feel like Bill Gates' agenda is not exactly the one that she's going to want to be attached to so but I feel like there's someone else that's similar to that that's going to really take notice of, of this and, and want to jump on board with her and so that's it's 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 a it's predictive in a, in a sense but at the same time it's just it's just opening her mind to possibly you know to look for that because I also believe that there's this power of manifestation that we all have that if we're able to see things from different perspectives that we can pull these things close towards us so um, so it so the the future hasn't happened. You're not looking at things that have already no. occurred. No, it's just seeing the potential. Okay. Yeah. But at the same time, when, when you're doing psychic readings too, it, or when I'm talking about this, you know, there's some sense of evidential, like we, we would have already established a connection between the two of us where there would have been things where he said, you know, yes, or Paige would have said, yes, that makes sense to me, Nicole. Yes, that, that did happen to me. That totally makes sense. And so I'm in their energy. I'm in their, their jive, you know, I'm jiving with them. And then, then the, the downloads start to happen and I'm able to talk to them about things that I see that's going to that's going to come up for them. You know, so it's more of like an energy exchange between the two of us as well. Um, it's not just, you know, that's not going to happen, Paige. What are you thinking? It's not like that. It's, it's us getting into the flow okay. with each other. So this guy, your husband now, who's the scientist who discovered this sodium pumping, this is not the same guy you married at Yale Law School. That would be true. What happened to Yale Law School, husband? <laughs> Well, we have to start with this guy I'm with now. Start, okay, start with him. What's his name? His name is... I can write it down on the tablecloth. I'll, I'll give you his official name. I'll give you what I call him. Okay. His official name is Harry J. Gould III. Oh, he's also a third. Right. Is he Trey as well? No, he's Biff. Biff. And I met Biff... B-I-F-F. -F. Right. I met him when okay. I was a senior in high school. Well, even before. Right. And he was the older brother of a friend of mine, and he came back. Well, hang on a second. Before we go on to that one, is there anyone else waiting in the wings that you met, like in kindergarten? <laughs> <laughs> Who would be next? Or is this the last one no, in line? No, this is it. This is it. Okay, this is as far back as you can go with guys I met. Okay, all right. So... So, so was he called Biff then? Yes, he was called Biff that was because he was the third. <laughs> Is that also a third thing? It's like Skip and Chip and Biff. They're all these wa wasp nicknames for oh, for see. guys whose dads are junior or whatever. Did you know this stuff, Nicole? Mm -mm. I've heard Trey. That's a New Orleans thing, at least. Oh. I know that. But in the Northeast, it's... Or northwest in this case. No, this is northeast. northeast. It's, this is it's, Biff. This is, this is Biff. wasp stuff. You know. <laughs> okay. Like so the villain are. from Back to the Future. <laughs> Who's that? His Thomas? name is Biff. Yes. Really? And yes, he's a model for President Trump. Actually, uh, actually, oh. actually oh. death of a salesman. The guy, the son who's not so nice, is also Biff. Okay. Huh. All right. Okay. So anyway, you met Biff in what? I was, a, I was a senior in high school. Senior in high school, okay. He was uh, two years ahead of me, came back to see his brother play basketball. I was there. I met him, and he was my first love. 
I dated him the summer after I graduated. Um, it is now known as the Summer of Love, even though I didn't have anything to do with that. What year was this? That's 1967. It is the Summer of Love. Are you having sex with Biff at this point? No, in, no. The, in those. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> no. So well, when they say Summer of Love, that was that was a euphemism for actual love. Um, they were a little. <laughs> fucking, I they, it was... they were a little older than I was. <laughs> okay, how old were you? Um, just turning 18. That's old enough to have sex in those days, isn't it? Still, uh, it's not like it's a dark ages. The pill was brand new. Ah, okay. <laughs> All right, so it's, it's back a real, to chemistry. It's, it's a back to a long time ago. Anyway, um, I was, dated him. Okay. Um, well, what did you do? Just held hands and walked around? Uh, it was more than that. <laughs> Well, what, what happened when you're dating and you're not having sex with someone back in, when everything, you're 18? Everything, everything but. but. Hmm. Okay. Adrian, you got any ideas what that could mean? Well, Nicole can tell us because she knows. Right, what That's is that? Wrong. Well, not allowed. <laughs> you don't have to go any further. You, but okay, <laughs> let's just say everything but. Okay. So that's oral sex. Boy, I didn't even know what that was. Is that right? Nobody was doing that. You, this is so long ago. <laughs> so it was just like making out and yeah. What's the right. point you're trying to get at here, Grant? <laughs> I'm just interested in what people did. I, 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 I thought it was. I thought it was a sexual revolution. Uh, yeah, well, it, it, it was. was com- it, it was coming was, fast, oh, but hadn't happened yet. It was so 67 was before. No, all that. It was. It was right in the time okay. that was happening. All I right. mean, just to give you a sense, at Smith College when I arrived. Um, Women were not allowed to have men in our rooms except um, 1.30 to 5 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. Wow. Okay? With, That's a great idea. With the door... Back. With the door open. With the door open. <laughs> I have a college student. Can yeah. we bring that back, please? <laughs> yeah, really. Okay. That's, I like that in my regular life, actually. Sorry, but... Uh, by the time I left two years later, because I transferred... Men were allowed in women's rooms 23 and a half hours a day. So that's how fast. That was quick. Okay. So, but anyway, so, so, you, so this was a, an, a really sweet relationship you had with sweet. Beth back in 1967. Right. And, and then he went off to do something and you no, went off. No, I, I. What happened? I sent him away. Oh. I told him he wasn't an intellectual, this guy who's now working on Can a cure cancer. cancer. You <laughs> thought you were too smart for Biff. Yeah. What was Biff doing back in the day? He was studying the brain. Oh, he's not intellectual at all. In any case, you what know, was... I'm telling tales on myself, okay? Uh, That's poor decision making. Did I say I wanted to come back as a wiser me? I see. Okay. All right. Now it's sad. That's a funny thing to, so criticism to have of someone that they're not smart enough for you if he's actually like studying neurology or something. What gave you that idea? Oh, we'd have to go back. That would take too long. All right. Um, So anyway, anyway, I sent him away. All right. Um, We flash forward. I've married. A very intellectual guy whom I met at Yale Law School. Okay, so Harvard undergraduate, Cambridge for his master's, Yale for his law degree. This is very important to you, actually, someone who's smart. Yeah, it was. Okay. Um, And lawyer in Seattle. We had three kids. 
uh, that marriage was never very happy. Oh, my goodness. And um, I got this email in 2003 from somebody who had just written a whole bunch of songs and was recording them. And... Adrian, was it you? Wasn't expecting no. that. <laughs> I this knew, is your but life. this is the way to pull Adrian in. So I'm in it already. <laughs> um, he wanted to know if um, I had a picture of me from way back then that he could use in the montage of this CD that he was doing with two guys from a group that probably none of you remember, uh, the Kingston Trio. We sure do remember the Kingston Trio. But he was recording it with two of the guys from the Kingston Trio. They kind of predated Peter, Paul, and Mary by a little bit, and their music was similar. They were hugely popular, the Kingston Trio. Yeah, Hang Down Your Head, Tom Dooley, and Charlie on the MTA, and Where Have All the Flowers Gone? Those were all... Kingston Trio songs first. Okay. In any case, Everyone's Googling that. Right. <laughs> in any case, uh, so we started emailing. This is Biff. Mm-hmm. And, um, so he's got a musical side too. Yes, he writes and sings and plays music. Guitar and banjo. Um, and Adrian may have found a, a new <laughs> friend, huh? I know. Uh, So in 2005, I got a message. um, The album is done. How would you like it if I deliver it to you in person in Seattle? And I wrote back and said... He is smooth. Send me a picture. How can I deliver it in person? Okay, so he's an Eagle Scout, and he's still married. And I know I've screwed up his life once before. Oh, wow. And so I write back and say no. Okay? Because I don't want to do that again. And he says, oh, okay. Um, But I'm going to be in Seattle in October anyway. And before I could answer that, the cosmos intervened in the form of Hurricane Katrina. Uh Aha. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and for three days, I had no contact with him, and I didn't know whether he was okay, except I knew as a doctor he would be doing triage. And all of that, oh, you can't see him, that would wreck his life, went out the window, and I was like beside myself. And you're still married at this point? I am. And is he still married at this point? I am living. S- Pretty separately, in the same okay. house, but very separately. And what about Biff's situation? Was he He's ma- still married. He's still married. So, anyway, I did agree to see him um, in that October. And I did test whether things at home were okay, and they really were not. With him? Right. So you were in an unhappy marriage, and he was in an unhappy marriage, and he'd written a bunch of songs... Some of which were inspired by you Well, the last time he was happy, which was in 1967. He gave me that album. He gave me that album. Right. And I was in an election campaign, and I told him that I'd listen to it after that was over, but I ended up listening, and it was 
a whole album of songs about missing somebody. And so it's been a long journey since then. Um, but now I'm president of the company. That's right. Go, girl. <laughs> so you ended up marrying Biff, your love of your life from when you were in kid, high school. Right. And, and now you're going to cure cancer together. And Look together. Who's got the film rights? And, and together <laughs> with his research partner, Dennis, and Hank, our Cajun Hank partner. Hank, Cajun development, business development I guy. do okay. think that we are going to change the world of cancer. And someday I'm going to go to Stockholm and I'm going to watch this guy I said was not an intellectual. Win the Nobel Prize. Yep. Now that's a prediction. Right. Nicole, how it. are you feeling about you this, Nicole? So great. That's amazing. <laughs> Good job. That is a hell of a story. <laughs> uh, besides curing cancer, there's a, whole, there's a whole movie in it. I, I think it might be it an is. interesting movie. It's very Adrian romantic. Adrian can play Biff when he was younger. <laughs> Hello. Cameo appearances by Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> Jimi Hendrix Gates. is in it. Bill Gates is in it. Bill Clinton is in it. Bill Newcomb it. is in it. You had mentioned that this is um, huge. men were only allowed in dorm rooms 23 and a half hours a day. We got a listener who wants to know what was going on during that one and a half hour. Um, this is the lawyers again. Uh, the reason was they didn't want the men to be able to establish residency by being able to be there full time. Mm. But were they, how, were they enforcing it? I wasn't there then. Okay, I can't yeah. answer that. Like it's 4.30 in the morning. What are you doing? What are you You've doing? You've been in here 24.30. Okay, we have to get out of here in one minute. So, Nicole, right. sure. before, yes. before we yeah. leave, yeah. what is the most common misconception that most of us have about what happens to us after we die? What, um, what can you clear up for us? Probably the most common misconception is that there is nothing else after death. Mm. Okay. That it's just a black hole of emptiness. And I think that, um, you know, I think that that's the most common misperception. And can I say one more, one thing that I mm. think is the most common misperception about psychic mediums is that we all have crystals and incense and things like that burning all around us at all the time and that we're, um, you know, we're people who, um, who are kind of like out there. I think that that's the most common misconception about psychic mediums. And um, so I feel like I'm here to dispel all this these myths about psychic mediums and psychic mediumship work and that um, that there really is a gift um, in having a mediumship session that allows um, your loved ones to come through to give you messages. And, and so you're kind of an alternative therapist in a sense is what you're saying. Right. And, and I, of course, I, I was a registered nurse, but I can't. I was never a therapist, but something similar to that. I prefer to call myself like a coach. But yes, I, I do but believe that. Whatever problems I'm having in my life, whatever or whatever things, are, frustrations I'm coming up against, or I can come to you and you can get we, messages from Messages from spirit, go into it psychically, mother. absolutely. Yeah. And my mother actually knows something now that she's dead, as opposed to when she was alive and she didn't seem to know anything. Very much so. And that, that and I think, in caused, itself is the fascinating, most fascinating part. What caused part. That, that change in, in someone when they were alive, they just like the rest of us and don't know shit, and now... Correct. Five minutes later, they did, and they know everything. Well, what well, it's, al it's almost like there's an enlightenment 
that, that occurs well, most when you pass. Really is. There well, I feel as though there's a process that they go through after you pass. Um, there's a process of, like I said before, about reliving um, you know, moments that you've had in your life, but there's a process that you go through, which ultimately the ultimate goal is enlightenment for all of us here and right. the departed. So, well, could we figure out some sort of chemical way to induce death so that we could then have that experience and come back? I'm sure that I'm sure that if we give Page. that to Biff, he can probably make that happen. Wouldn't that be cool? Yes. Wouldn't that be the ultimate? Yes. Is there any hope, Paige? Could you work on that next? Timothy Leary thought he did. Did you ever meet Timothy Leary? Is he in the movie as well? <laughs> okay. Well, that's for the sequel. Hey, you guys, thank you so much for joining us. Quite an this exciting day, don't you yeah. think? Yeah. I should say, say, Adrian Justinus has been here from New Thousand. You can find that on Spotify and everywhere else you steal music. Actually not. You can find us on SoundCloud, Bandcamp, and all over the streets of New Orleans. Are you sure it's not on Spotify? We 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 aren't putting our old stuff on Spotify. Once we release new material, we'll be putting it there. Do you have a particular street corner that you stand? We used to play on the corner of Frenchman and Charter, but we Uh got the the police are uh, police and residents are sick of. I know. Um, they, they said the next time I play there, I'm going to get arrested. Oh. So we're, we're playing okay. Bourbon Street okay. right now. Um, awesome. Is that true, Nicole? Is the next time he plays there, he's going to get arrested? Yeah. Don't yes. do it. Okay, don't do it. It's dangerous. You got too big for that corner, right? I, we did. We, we <laughs> what did, about no. getting legit gigs in clubs? We do. We do. It's just it's a, it's a hassle, and it's less money, and it's less fun. And and so when we do when we do a gig in New Orleans, we do like exactly what we want to do. We don't just like do a thing because like that's what we're supposed to do, All right. or whatever. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we can find you somewhere on the internet. You can find us on, and the, on the street. If you're in, if you're in town in New Orleans and you want to hit us up, we get back to every message that is sent to us about where we're playing and all that at a particular time, a particular day. So all right. Very in, cool. All right. And Paige Miller's company is called Oleander Medical Technologies. If you listen to this and you're looking for it online. And that's going to be something to follow. Please do. Yeah. I would love to be able to give you $1,000 today. But I know there's some sort of rules that we can't do that. You can give me $1,000. <laughs> 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 you're not going to cure, Are you going to cure? Are you going to play the part of Biff in the movie? Exactly. So that'd be something. Yeah, yeah, no, I need exactly. that. And Nicole Riley has been here, too. We can find you online. We can just find you, you by can. searching NicoleReilly.com. For... And okay. I also owned um, a business called The Healing House in downtown Covington. Okay, very yeah. good. Thank you. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Great. That's been happy hour for another week. The producer of our show is Graham DePonte. Alison Moon is our associate producer. Christian Unruh is our music director. And Thomas Walsh is our technical director. Asha Griffith is the Facebook Live director who put this whole thing on Facebook Live. Our theme music was written by and is currently being played by, well, it's not actually. It's usually being played by Mitch Former, but this is music from New Thousand. What are we to? Ghost. It's Ghost. They're just playing the same ghost. one. I didn't even start. <laughs> Thomas just started playing it. Hey, if you'd like to be on our show and you can sit around a table and drink alcohol for an hour and stay upright, drop us a line. Our address is on our website, itsneworms.com, where you can also hear lots of other hours of Happy Hour that we recorded previously, as well as some other shows we make here at INO Broadcasting, including Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti, live from Commander's Palace, Louisiana Eats with Poppy Tucker, and our award-winning podcast about death. You've got to listen to this, Nicole. It's called Death the Podcast. You can also find other great Louisiana podcasts. And it's acadiana.com and it's batonrouge.la and you keep up with us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and a bunch of other time-sucking social media as well. On all of it, we're called It's New Orleans and you can find photos from the show on itsneworleans.com and on our Facebook page. These photos are taken today by Jill LaFleur. You can find out more photos. You can find out more about Jill and more photos by Jill at LaFleurPhoto. 
Podcast.com. If you listen to us on your favorite podcast app, thank you for subscribing to us. Take a moment to rate and review us if you have one. That helps other people find us. Our show is recorded live today at Wayfair on Ferret Street in Uptown New Orleans. Happy Hours of Production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. Andrew Duhon will probably be back here next week. Meanwhile, he's on the road with his new record, False River. You can find that on Spotify and everywhere else you can either buy or steal music where you can find Andrew Duhon in a town near you. You can find out where he is at andrewduhon.com. Thank you very much. On behalf of all those people, everyone around the table here at Wayfair and back at our office at I Know Broadcasting, I'm Grant Morris. We'll see you back here next week for more Happy Hour.